Hi, this is Sarah Gameta, and you're listening to Chasing Dreams with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Hey, Dream Chasers, this is Amy J. And yeah, as always, I have a great guest for you. Uh, she's a friend of mine. She is the youngest dream chaser to come onto the show to date. And of course, I am thrilled to have her here and talk about her dream chase story. Her name is Sarika Mehta. She's an 18-year-old student at the Culinary Institute of America. Her passion for cooking began in middle school when her mom, as a way to help her follow directions better, handed her a box mix of brownies and had her make them herself. Slowly, she learned that following directions was important and that she loved to cook. Sarika began experimenting more and more with recipes and found herself eventually cooking dinner for her family and friends. She began to look into how she could learn more about cooking and found a two-year program through her school system that really allowed her to dive headfirst into the culinary world. She decided to pursue a cooking as a career and with the support of her parents began to research about how she could get a four-year degree in the culinary arts. In December 2014, she received her acceptance to the Culinary Institute of America, and today, over a year later, she is there studying, learning, creating, and being completely surrounded by the things she absolutely loves, and I got to admit, I do too, food. Sarika, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I am wonderful and so excited to share this. Guys, Sarika came to me, I mean, I know her, but... My dad is the one who was like, hey, you need to get her on your show. She is doing some amazing things. And I got to say, he's not wrong. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How did you even, I mean, I know I read the intro. I know you got into it. You loved it. But I mean, there are other things you love. But what was it about cooking that made it so passionate for you? So to me, when I cook a meal for people or I even help, you know, I've, I've, helped a, a caterer a couple times with a Christmas party, even when I'm a part of serving people food, it makes me feel like I've just, the, the reactions that I get when I know I've done something really great, when I know I've made some good food and they love it, it makes me feel really, really good. And I love that, that kind of feedback and I feed off of that kind of, you know. The honest reaction? The community, right, exactly. That immediate reaction. As soon as you serve something, you know if you've done it right. Um, you know if they're going to like it. And I, I love that. Like food kind of brings a community to me. Um, and just sitting down at a table with a bunch of people and serving them a meal and then just getting to spend time with them and talk about it. It just it makes me feel really good. And I know that I want to be able to feel like that for the rest of my life. It's an amazing feeling. I mean, you were cooking. It's it, middle school. What is that? Like 14 or so, yeah, 12, 13, 13, something 14, like that, right? Right, right, so just, yeah. just in your teen years, you're experimenting with things. Did you have a lot more successes than failures? I mean, did not making something taste good stop you or like, maybe this isn't for me? 
so what happened was I, uh, the whole, the whole, um, um, cooking, uh, side of me started when I had to, you know, learn how to follow directions in middle school because I just didn't like doing it. And I, um, would go in the wrong order of things or I would forget to add something or I would add too much of something. And I really realized that, you know, you've got to follow those kinds of, you know, it's got to be really specific, especially when it comes to baking. But there were a couple times where I was like, these cookies did not come out right. They're all going in the trash and I'm just going to start over. Wow. And a whole batch. A whole batch. Oh yeah. Because once you start a batch, you can't really save it. If you've got half the dough left, it's hard to add anything in there to save it. But yeah, I've definitely thrown batches of cookies out just because they don't taste right. There's not enough. I mean, there's sometimes I would, I know one time my cousin and I forgot to add eggs. I thought she added the eggs. She thought I added (laughs) the eggs. Nobody added any eggs. Yeah, we had to throw all those cookies out because they just didn't, they didn't turn into cookies. Now, were your parents ever like, this is just a phase or did they also see the passion in you? I think that in the beginning, and I've never actually talked to them about this, so I might actually have to ask them that, but I think in the beginning, they might have thought, oh, this is a phase, it's just a hobby, she'll get over it, and then she'll figure out what she wants to do. I don't think they ever thought, this kid's going to go to culinary school. You know, I've talked to I mean, at that age, who thinks that? Right, exactly. I've talked to my dad, be like, um, I've asked him, you know, when I was younger, did you ever see anything in me that was like that that pointed you you know she's going to go in this direction he said you know I've always known that you're not going to really go in a very math or science or you're not going to go be a doctor or a lawyer I could always tell that because you didn't have that interest it's not that I I didn't have that interest and to be quite honest I was not very good at science I was okay at math you know I just I I didn't like it, so I didn't try. And I wish I had tried a lot more. But I just, with when it came to science, I was very uninterested in it, right? If I can't see it, I can't, like, comprehend it, if you know what I mean. So when, we, when I took my physics class junior year, I loved that class because I could see all of it happening. But when it came to chemistry, I was miserable because I couldn't see what they were talking about with electrons and protons and whatnot. Well, you know, science... Math and science isn't for everyone, right? There, there are those right, exactly. who, who do science and then there are those in the arts and those who need to, co- there's something for everyone. It sounds like you kind of figured out early what yeah, was your I, strength. I did. And I think my parents, maybe in the beginning, they thought it was a phase. But then once I started talking about it more and more and I started looking into these classes in high school, I think they kind of realized that, you know, this isn't a phase. And it took them a little bit to get around to the idea of, She's going to go to culinary school and be a chef, and she's not going to take the typical route that we took, which was okay. But I think it did, you know, their big requirement was you have to get a four-year degree. Whatever you do, do it, but do it right and get a four-year degree in it. That's all that, you know, that's their biggest requirement. Well, that seems reasonable. Right. Were you 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 okay with that? I was perfectly okay with that because I wouldn't have wanted it any other way either. I was kind of worried that going into culinary school, I wasn't going to get a normal college experience out of it, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like living in a dorm and having a campus and going to class and having things outside of class. And I'm, I'm really lucky to be where I am 
because they make this campus, you know, you're at culinary school. Everybody here is either here for culinary or baking. And um, which side are you in for the culinary? Culinary. culinary I'm side? on the culinary side, yes, because I am not a person who has the patience for baking. <laughs> I, I don't have it. I wish I did, but I, uh, it takes way too long to bake a cake for me and then, you know, five minutes to eat it. So, <laughs> But those are delicious five minutes. Oh, yeah. I definitely benefit from the friends that I have in the baking program because they make some really good stuff. Did, did you fun. ever feel intimidated, though, by the fact that this is so young? It's so early for you to be doing this. I was a little worried at first. Like, I was a little worried that I was going to grow out of it or get tired of it really early. But the the more I learned about the industry and the more I learned about all the different things that I can do with food, the more I realized that there's no way for me to get bored in this industry. Wow, that sounds like you've really found something that interests you. It's a lot of fun. It's it, it, And every day that I go to class, it's fun. It's not sitting in a lecture hall, you know, being bored out of your mind, being talked at, right? I get one-on-one time with my chef. I could go up to him and ask him questions. Did this come out right? What can I do different about this? I can give you an example. Yesterday, no, not yesterday, Friday. Friday, we were in class. Okay. And we, one of the groups, my group, we were doing broccoli rob. So we had to blanch and shock the broccoli and saute it in some olive oil with some garlic um, salt, pepper. And my, um, partner and I, and my, it's a, it's a two person group. So my partner and I in that group, we decided to add some lemon zest and a little bit of lemon juice to the broccoli. But what we didn't realize was that that lemon juice is going to turn the broccoli brown. Oh. So you're not going to have that beautiful green color anymore. And my chef asked me why the broccoli went brown. And at first I thought it was because we, let it sit in the pan too long and it just got overdone. Mm -hmm. But then later on, I saw one of the batches that we didn't add lemon juice to and it was perfectly green, bright, vibrant green. It was beautiful. And I realized that it was because of the lemon juice. So I went up to the chef and I said, I actually know why the broccoli didn't come out right. It's because we added lemon juice to it and we failed to realize that it was going to turn the broccoli brown. And he said, that's good that you picked up on it and that you you know, won't make that mistake again. I had no idea that it does that. Oh, yeah. It actually, we did, we learned that in our fundamentals class. And we, in the whole rush of getting everything ready for service, we completely forgot. Wow. So let me ask you, you're, you're in Culinary Institute of America. You're the only person I know that's ever been to, to that institute. What is a day like for you? So I am in the culinary program. I have a PM schedule. So either you're an AM schedule, which means class usually starts around between 5 and 6 o'clock in the morning, and you get out of class around 12, 30, 1 o'clock. PM schedule for me, I get into class around 11, 45, 12 o'clock. We start doing all of our prep. Right now, I'm in a banquets class. So we're doing buffet-style dining. We have... Service starts at 3.30, so from 3.30 to, nope, that's wrong, 3.45. From 3.45 to 4.30, we're serving students dinner. 
Um, they come up to one of our students. She swipes their ID card. Um, it takes eight points off of their meal plan, and they get a plate, and they get to come around as many times as they want for food. At 3.30, we start packing everything up. We have to do cleanup, make sure everything's ready for the next day. Uh, around 5 o'clock, we're going into lecture, 5.45, out of there. So it's not just all cooking, cooking, cooking. You guys are actually learning things at the same time in yeah. a uh, teacher-student Socrate- uh, Socrate- so- Socratic method kind of yes. thing. Yes. So our um, first couple of weeks here, we had a culinary math class. We had a... Uh, we had a product knowledge class. We had a food safety class. We also took nutrition. We took gastronomy. We just finished a intro to business management class. Some students are taking college writing. But there are people don't realize that there are a lot of a lot more academics involved than they expect. Yeah, because no. some people expect you know oh you go to school you they they get you in, into the kitchen on day one you you start cooking day one, but at the same time, you're taking several academic classes. But right now, at this point, I'm only taking my banquets class because all of my academic classes are finished for this year. I had no idea, honestly. I thought you guys just cook, 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 24-7, cooking is on your mind. But clearly, this is a very um, robust program. It's, they, they pack a lot of, they pack a lot of material into a very short period of time because it's a four-year degree. So what I'm doing right now is I'm currently in the associates program. Okay. So next spring, spring 2017, I'll graduate with my associates degree. And then I'll take about a month off. And in May, I'm planning on coming back for my bachelor's degree, which is a two-year program. 18 months. It's actually about 18 months. Now you have to do it that way? You have to do associates, then bachelors? Yeah, like separately? Yeah. There's no like all-in-one four-year program? No, there's not. The four-year program is considered the associates and the bachelors. Got it. Because you're here over four years, four calendar years. But in essence, you're getting two degrees. Yes, I am actually currently I'm working on my associate's degree. And once I graduate and achieve that, I'll be working on my bachelor's degree. So did you ever have in mind what you want to do with the, not necessarily a degree, but did you ever think I want to open my own restaurant or I want to uh, be a chef at X, Y, Z or anything like that? So I don't really know that I ever want to really work at a Michelin starred restaurant. I might, I very well might work at a Michelin starred restaurant. That would be an incredible opportunity. And that, that would be an opportunity that would be very, very difficult for me to pass up. But a lot of people here have that as one of their big goals. And that's not, for me, that's not one of my, that's not, that's not one of my biggest goals with this career. I would love to open up my own restaurant or have my own catering company. I absolutely want to have my own business at some point. That would be an incredible way for me to use this education to open my own business and be able to serve, you know, my food, make up my menus and the layout of the restaurant and hire people and I would that that'd be a really really fun 
career for me. But lately, I've been thinking a lot more about catering because oh. it's uh, cur- well. Currently, I'm taking my banquets class, and they teach you about catering and the different kinds of catering that there are, and how I, I never realized how um, in how intense. I guess intense could be the word. How intense a catering job could be because there's so much that really goes into it say for example you're catering for a movie set they're not going to necessarily have like a brick and mortar kitchen for you to go work in right they're not going to have you know because it's mobile operating you're going to have to have a mobile kitchen and so i didn't even know I, i i knew that kitchen trucks and stuff like that existed but i had no idea how detailed they could get Right, you can rent out a whole truck. That's like a it's a full kitchen in the back of it. It's amazing. Are you learning that from from your school, or are you learning that from your peers? I'm learning that from my school. Wow. Right. So our banquets class. When I say we go down to lecture around five o'clock, five ten, we sit there. He goes over a PowerPoint about catering, different kinds of catering, all the steps that go into planning a catered event you know you have to know there are so many details you have to know how many people there are what time they want food to be served at what kind of food they want to be served they have to know you know number of courses the kind of event it is you've got to be able to cost everything the costing for some of this stuff it is so detailed down down to ingredients or you mean by person down to like how much one plate is going to cost times the number of people. Wow. Right. So everything that goes onto that plate is costed out. It's it's factored in, right? You factor in everything that's going to go into that plate plus labor plus service. This is a lot more complicated than I ever imagined. That's exactly what I was thinking. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, this is so complicated. But I love doing that kind of math for some reason. Is it na- in- innate in you, just natural? It's it's very detailed, but I like how all the formulas plug into each other. So for our fish class that we just took, every couple of days we had to do a yield test. So she would tell us, you know, you ordered this many pounds of fish. You have to get 24 six-ounce fillets or 24 six-ounce portions, she would say. And this is how much the fish costs. This is you know, how much, uh, this is how much the bones cost. So you can use the bones for stock to make fish stock. So it's not wasted. So it's not wasted. This is how much, this is how much the bones weigh. This is how much the usable trim off of the fish weighs. And this is how much the unusable portion of the fish weighs. How many 24, six ounce, no, how many six ounce fillets can you get out of this amount of fish or can you get 24 six ounce fillets out of this amount of fish and you would have to factor the whole thing out you'd have to you would have to go in and figure out how much it costs per pound how much it costs without the bones without all the trim you would have to figure out how much the trim costs and then if you could use the bones for stock because some of the fish bones you can't use for stock because of their oil content there's, there's so much that goes into I'm it. Like, it was, I'm, my mind is reeling from the different things you're keeping in mind. And, I mean, it's like a high-level math word pro- problem that you would get 
in high school or something. It is. It's it's word problems, and I actually loved word problems because I just I go through and I highlight all the key factors that I need to remember, mm-hmm. and then just you just go through it step by step, and at the end you get a number and you plug it all back in, and it checks out, and it's. Well, that is the beauty of math, yeah. Yeah. That's so, the beauty of that kind of math, too. So are you the youngest in your class, or is, are, are there a lot of young people there? It's, it's an interesting mix. My start date, so let me actually explain the way that the school works, because sure. it's kind of weird. Um, every three weeks, a new group of students starts. I'm sorry, every three weeks? Yes. <laughs> Excuse me. Every three weeks, a new group of students starts in the Associates Culinary or Associates Baking Program. That's a lot of that's a lot of chefs coming out of the Culinary Institute. It is. They pump them out like crazy. But every three weeks, a new batch of students starts, and we work on a block schedule. Okay. Which means my classes last three weeks. I'm in banquets this week and next week, and then... After that, I start the a la carte kitchen. So banquets will end, and I'll start a new, a whole new class. Whole new kitchen, whole new chef. That's very hard to keep track of. It is. It really, it can be really difficult to keep track of, just because it moves so fast. And there's new people coming in, and there's people leaving every three weeks to go on internship. Right? Because part of our associates program is a 15-week internship. That you must complete in an approved location. But it's it's an intense program. So, so a 15-week yeah. internship in a, 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 you said, approved location, so they have places already? You don't, or do you have to find your own? We have, they give us an approved list of places. And then every couple of months, there's actually a career fair here. So in the gym, they set up, you know, people come in. It's a whole day, and they come in, and they're looking for interns, or they're looking for a sous chef position, or they're looking for a prep. They're looking for all these different positions, and a lot of them are looking for internships because they know that we need them. And so I actually have found my internship location. I'll be going to Fenway Park in Boston to be working with Aramark this summer, this spring and summer. I know Aramark. They're they're like in the stadiums and they do right. a lot of catering, right? Yes, they do. They do a lot of so that's gonna be part of me getting an inside look on catering. If that's something I, I can decide if that's something I really would like to do. But I'm gonna be going up there this summer. And when a lot of people hear Aramark, they think, Oh, hot dogs, burgers, <laughs> boardwalk fries. But that's not it all what they're doing at Fenway. Like, of course they have hot dogs, burgers, and fries. They do, you know, if the um, Orioles, the Baltimore Orioles come to town, they're going to be cooking brisket and crab cakes and coleslaw, and they're going to cater to all the Baltimore fans that come up with the Orioles. Because apparently they get a lot of Baltimore fans up there, too. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. It's amazing. It's Um, great. It's so much fun. And they uh, they thought it was pretty ironic that I'm going to be up there working for them and they're going to make me wear a Red Sox hat. Oh, no. So yep. It's okay. We'll give you a pass. It's okay. You'll keep me? I, I, we will keep you because I know how, how, how deep your blood runs. 
It's okay. Oh, yes. Orange and purple. But it's gonna be it's gonna be a really cool experience. I'm very, very excited about it. I'm excited for you because this sounds like real life experience that you're getting to kind of do something you love and gives you a chance to figure out what works and what doesn't work. So if, if this doesn't work, if you find out catering's not your thing, what do you think? You have a backup plan or you're just like, let me keep my mind open to all the experiences I'm having. I'm definitely very open-minded about all the different things that I'm learning here. When I finish my associate's program, I'll have graduated with an associate's degree in culinary arts. So when you start your bachelor's program, you have several different focuses that you can kind of pick on, that you can kind of pick out of. You can do a bachelor's degree in culinary arts with a a concentration in culinary science, food science, which is gets into that molecular gastronomy trend that's really going on right now. Yes. It's huge, but it's definitely not for me. I don't think it's for me. I, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, um, write it off completely yet. Uh, I've, I have some friends who are starting their bachelor's program this year. So I'll kind of get to see what each of these programs are like. They have another one. They offer a bachelor's program in hospitality and management, which is probably the one I'm leaning towards because that's going to give me pretty solid foundation in, you know, I'm going to have a pretty solid, I'm going to have a solid foundation in culinary arts and serving food. But I also, I definitely want to have, you know, I definitely want to have the knowledge of hospitality and how to deal with different kinds of situations and having a management um, background as well would definitely be beneficial. You have such a smart head on your shoulders there. Look look at you thinking about everything. Thank you. I I can't take all the credit. My parents have definitely helped me with so much. They have, they've, they've, you know, really taught me to keep my options open like that. And, you know, why they, why they want me to get a four-year degree is so that I will have more options when it comes to careers, when it comes to getting a job, because they've actually said here at the Culinary Institute that people who have an associate's degree will be working in kitchens forever. And while working in kitchens is a lot of fun, and I absolutely love doing it, there's I don't see myself doing that forever. Well, it's good to know that now. Yeah. I definitely want to have a, a um, background in hospitality and management and being able to do catering, and I think that'll definitely help me with job opportunities in the future. So, Sarika, I have two questions before we go to your corner. <coughs> okay. One, what is your favorite dish to make? My favorite dish to make? Potatoes au gratin. Really? Why? It's French. It's potatoes and cream and butter and cheese, and I love it. I'm, um, I'm guessing you make it fresh, of course. I do. And it's a lot... Of, it's a lot of fun. I make it. Um, we just made it recently for my banquets class. Mm-hmm. And we sold out of it. Wow. Yep. We made four platters, four uh, dishes of this, this. It's like a potato casserole. And we sold out of it. It was so good. It's just, so you're, that's, you're making me hungry from just describing it. <laughs> Thank Oh, man. So. But, 
that, that dish at the moment is my favorite dish. If you ask me in, you know, a month, it's probably changed. Yeah, because it seems like you're exposed to so many different new dishes. In a really short period of time. So follow up to that. So it's not the second question, but a follow up. What is your take on boxed foods for preparation? You know, you could get that potatoes au gratin in a box, like to make. Right. Does that bother you now that you're you're cooking fresh? Um, probably gonna probably gonna sound like a bit of a food snob, but it does bother me. It, <laughs> I wouldn't serve it unless I absolutely had to. Right? Okay, I've got all these potatoes, and I'm gonna make potatoes au gratin, but they've all gone bad. What do I do? I've got to still serve food. That's probably like the scenario. That's probably the only scenario where I would serve that. If I could, you know what I mean? Yes, I do. <laughs> if I uh, probably sound like a food snob right now, I'm sorry, but. I can't blame you because you, you know how to cook. And I feel <coughs> sorry, I'm just going to have to have you come here to Philly and teach me how to cook. Okay. The basics. And then I, I would understand for me, I'm like. The box, of course, the box. I don't, I don't know how to cook it otherwise. Oh, I can teach you. It's really, it's really, um, okay. Honestly, it is not hard to make. Like it's, it's one of the first things we learned here and you're going to like me. I will teach you how to make it. You're going to like making it. Okay. We're going to talk offline about that. Definitely. I'm going to, I'm going to get the recipe and instructions from you. Oh yes. So my second question have you seen movies like Chef or Burnt? And if so, what are, you, what are your thoughts on those kinds of movies that are coming out? So I have seen Chef. I saw Chef when I was in Kansas City, actually right after one of my culinary competitions. I absolutely loved that movie. I thought it was really, really cool because this is a chef who's he's working in a really – it's a great restaurant. They have a great thing going. But, you know, the menu is old, it's boring, he's tired of it. If a chef is cooking food that he doesn't want to be eating, then it's not going to go well. Makes sense. Right? If, if you don't want to be eating the food that you're serving, then you, sh- that you, then you shouldn't be serving it, I think. I haven't seen Burnt. I really want to. You said it was on iTunes, right? Yes, it is on iTunes. I probably I might just rent it tonight and watch it today because I definitely want to see it. So I don't really know. I, all I know about that movie is that he's a he's a chef and he's. I feel like he's at a crossroads where he's trying to figure out what he wants to what he wants his next move to be. I feel like that's what the movie's about, but I'm not entirely sure. Well, do you think that these kinds of movies are getting a fair representation? I think Chef gave a pretty good representation. I I. I really, you know, it shows the negatives of having this, this life. You know, you, this character, he probably had some family things going on with his wife and his son, but it's, it's true that you don't get to spend, you know, holidays together, right? Christmas, Christmas, I think Christmas Eve, you're working, right? The day before Thanksgiving, you're working. Valentine's Day, you're working, right? And New Year's Eve, more than likely, you're working. So a lot of those kinds of holidays, you don't get to spend with your family. I think Chef absolutely gave an accurate representation of this industry. But 
it showed all of the positives too. Like you can do a food truck. You could be this successful of a chef and go out and get a food truck, food truck and drive across the country and just do whatever you want to do. It'd be so cool to do that. So like with anything else, there, there's so many possibilities. It's just a matter of keeping your imagination open. It's a matter of, yes, it's a matter of keeping your imagination open. I definitely think that chefs are like sharks. If we don't stop swimming and moving, we're going to drown. Is that true about sharks? Yeah. If they stop swimming, they drown. Oh, hashtag more you know. I'm pretty sure. If you're wrong, <laughs> then oops. If not, that's a, just go with the essence of what she's saying. Yeah. Um, it might be true. I don't know. But, um, but yeah. That's awesome. So, Okay. I know there there are other movies out there that have that. I've always been curious on what, you know, because some people who are engineers are always blasting or lambasting um, movies about engineering, you know? Yeah. But I I um, definitely think that Chef was a good representation. Uh, the movie Hundred Foot Journey, it's based off of a book. The family actually is Indian in the movie. Oh, that's the one with Helen Marin and... Um Mirren and uh, Om Puri? Yes. Yes, okay. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. I know what you're talking about, though. You should definitely see it. Because don't watch it on an empty stomach, though. Huh? No. Because you'll be so hungry. Oh, okay. I was like, <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that. I was like, <laughs> I didn't think it was a horror movie or anything. No, 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 no. Not, no, that's full stomach. No, if you... um. If you sit down and watch this movie and you haven't... And, and you're hungry... You will be so much hungrier at the end of this movie because this food looks so good. It's amazing. All right. Good to know. It's good a, it was a really great movie. And they actually tap into the Michelin star world of these restaurants and how it affects restaurant owners and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. For those who don't know what uh, Michelin star is, can you explain that real quick? Yes. So, and my dad didn't even know this. And I didn't know this until earlier this year. But Michelin, the Michelin rating was actually created by the michelin tire group no yes <laughs> yes i'm not seeing the correlation but okay so what would happen is but this was this is long before you know yelp and google and gps and all of these things right so travelers you know they're driving they're on a road trip they're driving and they have to stop somewhere for gas or they stop somewhere and they need a place to stay for the night they need a place to get a meal so at these at these Michelin stops, they would be able to fill up on gas or, you know, fill their tires or whatever they needed to do with their car. And there would be packets of Michelin rated restaurants or hotels that are uh, that are, you know, approved by this company in, you know, X number of miles within, say, 10 miles. This would be a good place to go. Have a meal, spend the night. Wow, I had no idea. Yep. And it's actually, if you think about it, it's a great concept. Because these people, I mean, you know, they're looking for a place to eat. Why not just have everything in the same place? They need gas and they need they need to eat. It's, it's, it's a, I thought it was pretty genius that they came up with that. Well, I could see how it works for sure. Right. It's, it's, I thought it was pretty funny. And... I thought it was, I, th I was pretty amused when I found out about that. I was like, there's no way that these two things are related. They have the same name and it's not a very common name, but I, I thought it was pretty funny. 
I mean, I just thought it was coincidence, but to now hear that it actually is yes. the same, that's, again, the more you know. The more you know. So, Sarika, before we wrap up, one thing I try to do is ask about your corner, where I ask you, what is one thing, advice, a reference, a book, a person to look up to, a quote, that you would tell someone who's chasing their dreams? Um... So this is a quote that my parents had um, at my high school. You can buy banners for the students and they hang them up in the hall when they're seniors and they're graduating. They've got these banners hung up on the walls. So my banner said, I just had it and then I lost it. If you give me one second, I promise you I can get it back. Do not go where the path may leave. Instead, Go where there is no path and leave a trail. Ralph Waldo Emerson. Yes. Pretty sure that's what you're doing. I I really hope so. <laughs> I hope so. That'd be really cool. No, you are. You're doing some amazing things, and I can't wait to see where you go thank after you. this. Thank you so much. No, thank you for coming on the show and sharing your story. Uh, this is this is a lot of fun. I this was really really fun. <laughs> And that was Sarika Mehta. She is phenomenal, isn't she? Going after her dreams as she is. I mean, she's going after her dreams with 110% effort. And I am just so thrilled for her. And I can't wait to see what she ends up doing down the road. So for all the links and show notes, including the recipe we talked about, Sarika is going to share with us, please visit ChasingDreamsHQ.com slash episode 29. That's episode 29. Until next time, guys keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Be sure to visit headquarters over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing. <laughs>